sisters, come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. Welcome to the Sword Podcast. This is a platform for sisters to gather and have some empowering conversations. And in the process of these conversations, we help each other overcome some limiting beliefs. I want you to join the conversation. I appreciate your likes, subscribes, and comments. This podcast is sponsored by Stephanie Brown Coaching. If you have any limiting beliefs that are holding you back, feel free to contact the coach at sociatap.com forward slash Steph Brown MD. Okay, I'm going to share a little coaching secret with you. One of the ways that we can overcome our limiting beliefs is by revising our thoughts. With the source saying, we get to choose a new thought that expands us and helps us to rise. I don't know about you, but I can use all of the affirmation that I can get. With so much negativity in the world, I bet you can too. The source saying is, I am worthy of the effort it takes to care for my body. The source saying is, I am worthy of the effort it takes to care for my body. I am worthy of the effort it takes to care for my body. That's the source saying. And our topic, Wellness Hacks for Busy People with Dr. Alucci. My special guest is Dr. Alucci Emanuel. Dr. Alucci Emanuel is a board certified internal medicine physician and obesity medicine specialist. She helps women take control of their health, maximize their wealth, and optimize their relationships. She completed her undergrad degree at Iowa State University. She obtained her medical degree and completed her internal medicine residency at the University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston. Dr. Alucci is the founder of FIDEM Wellness LLC, a wellness company that seeks innovative ways to inspire people to live in their best health. She also offers group coaching programs and personalized consultations. She's a happily married wife and a mother of three amazing children. Welcome to SOAR, Dr. Lucci. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. It's really good to connect because we haven't probably seen each other for about 15 years. Yeah. You were my mentee when I was at the University of Maryland. And I just remember that being one of my favorite summers, actually being able to spend uh-huh. that summer with you. So I'm really excited to reconnect. Yeah. And at that time, if I recall correctly, you weren't even sure if you were going to go to medical school or if you were going to pursue a Ph.D. So I'm really curious to hear how you made that decision and your story. So since you made that decision, how have you gotten from there to where you are now? Yes. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I hadn't really thought about it in a while. I was like, yeah, I wasn't always on this path to becoming a physician. I did at one point, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do and really did consider that PhD. So I guess fast forward back to then, I I do want to also say that that was one of my favorite summers too. I really enjoyed that and spending time and meeting you. But it was during that summer and kind of a couple months after that, that I really got time to see more about medicine and what it was about. Really, I guess I've always been just very interested in preventive health. And I don't know if you remember, but our The research project that we did was about smoking cessation. So once again, preventive health. So I've always had a passion for that. And um, it was going through that program and then a couple others. I just realized that to be very effective and as effective as I wanted to, I really wanted to be in the midst with the people, you know, like talking one-on-one. So my other option was going to be public health where I can work on policies and really educating from that sense. But I really want to, I like working with people and talking with people. So that's kind of how I ended up in medical school and loved it there. I went to medical school in Houston, ended up staying at UT Houston for my residency, did my residency in internal medicine. And then afterwards, after practicing, decided I wanted to learn even more about it because I was still just really convinced that we need to do more in preventive health versus treating, you know, chronic illnesses and all that. So I went and did my, did a fellowship in obesity medicine so that I can even, you know, learn more about that and kind of help address that issue. So that's where I am now. I'm still very passionate about preventive health and really how I can do it. But now I do more so of um, really talking with people and working one-on-one. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thanks for catching me up. And it sounds like a beautiful journey. And I'm so glad that you ended up where you always knew you wanted to be. That is a blessing. Now, today's topic is wellness hacks for busy people. Mm-hmm. And I love that topic because everybody I know is busy, right? <laughs> right. And we could definitely use some wellness hacks. So if you could share your top three wellness hacks for busy professionals, I would love that. I would definitely share them. So I would say my very first one, and it's probably not really a hack, but it's where we have to start. And the first thing I would say is decide that you're worth it. I mean, that is what so many people leave out. And especially, you know, when we're we're talking to patients and everything, we're telling them, go start doing this, start exercising, start eating well, all these things. But we've left out really the mental aspect of it, letting people know that it starts in your mind. If you don't think you're worth it in your mind, it doesn't matter what else we talk about today because you're probably not going to do it. So the first thing is really decide that you're worth it. Make that decision right now that you are worth it because you are. And then the second thing I would say is schedule yourself in. As a busy professional, if you don't put yourself on your schedule, it's not going to happen. Uh, my husband and I are both professionals and you know, we have three young kids and we're, we're always on the move. If something is not on the schedule, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter how important we thought it was. We're just not going to know about it. We're not going to think about it. We're not going to actually put any, be able to put effort into getting it done. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing when you're a busy professional. You can talk about I want to lose this weight. I want to get in shape. You can talk about it all you want but until you actually say hey i'm gonna do it and i'm putting myself down five o'clock you know when i when i get off of work this is what i'm gonna do it's in my schedule so now nobody can you know bother me i don't have another meeting at that time put yourself on your schedule and then treat yourself like an appointment like you would do any other person Mm -hmm. um one thing i find is that people we will show up for other people if you are my appointment um my my calendar i'm gonna be there and i'm gonna be ready and i'm gonna be present but we don't show that same kind of respect and just care for ourselves. So schedule yourself in. And the third way is to really start making what I call micro commitments. Mm-hmm. So if let's say if you want to lose weight, don't just say, hey, I want to lose. I'm, I'm going to lose weight. No, pick one little thing that you can do today and do that consistently. So whether it's getting up. 10 minutes earlier and walking around your neighborhood or walking in place or doing a little video on YouTube or whatever it is, but pick something small that you can do and be consistent with that. And what that does is it helps you get into the habit of doing it. And then you can slowly add to that and then it becomes easier. You start to enjoy it more and it becomes a habit. The real goal is finding things that you can do that are good for your health, that make you feel better, help your body, that you can that become a habit for you. You don't have to think about it anymore. And for me personally, the, one of the best things I've ever done for my health started last year in 2020. When the pandemic happened and everything changed, I was like, I'm not going to leave this pandemic without doing something, coming out po- more positive, a little bit better for myself. When everything else is changing, I'm like, what can I do for myself? So that's when I started actually working out in the mornings. So I get up just a little bit earlier and I'm not one of those people who's going to be, that was going to the gym for two hours. That was never me. But I said, if I can give myself 15 minutes every single morning, get up, do a little bit of, I, I like to cycle. So I, was, I would cycle for 15 minutes and then do some stretching and then go on about my day, start virtual schooling, start my appointments, everything else. But that little bit of time has really completely shaped my life. I mean, now I look forward to it. You know, it helps me. It's time I get to meditate. I can think about things going on. I just set my day the way I want to. And it's all from those that little bit of a commitment that I said that I was going to start doing almost a year ago. So micro commitment. So those are my three, I would say, <laughs> hacks. And I absolutely love all three of them. I'm totally all about the thoughts and the mental space. And that's true. We, we don't really do that with our patients. We just say, okay, do this, but we don't really, because we don't really have the time exactly to talk to them about their thoughts, which is, I think why I love coaching because I have the time to kind of talk about everything. And that Michael commitments thing though, that, that one really got me because I can definitely do a micro commitment. And even with how, crazy everything is being on the front lines a micro commitment is doable 
And I think for busy professionals, that's a great, great tip because that is doable. I think people completely underestimate the value of even just a small commitment. You know, I tell people if you can, you know, if you've been drinking three sodas a day, you can cut back one soda in a year. That's 365 sodas that you didn't drink. So a tiny little thing, just a small change, being consistent with it can make such a huge difference. Absolutely. And then the other thing, the second thing that you said was also mind blowing because you talked about putting yourself on the schedule. And I was just talking to somebody yesterday and she was talking about how one of her goals was to figure out where she could give some time to herself because she had all of these other commitments and she was feeling unfulfilled. And she said, you know, I really need to put myself in the equation. So I think that that is very true. Some of us are really busy professionals, but we haven't put ourselves on the schedule. And then the schedule when you actually write it down on your schedule, it's meaningful, right? You know, you have an appointment with yourself. So those are great, great hacks. And, 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 and thank you for sharing them. Yeah, of course. Now it, it feels like these days, you know, everybody's talking about wellness. Wellness is a word that's used a lot. Mm -hmm. And I just, and sometimes it's overused because we hear it so much. We, we tune it out. Mm -hmm. We don't really know, well, what does that mean? Is it just like what we eat and exercising? So I would love to get your definition of wellness and why you think that people really need to pay attention to it and not tune it out. Sure. And first of all, I just have to agree. It is very much overused. I mean, you really do hear it everywhere. Open social media, it's in every article, everything. Everybody's talking about wellness. For me, wellness is not just physical. It's your it's your mind. It's your body. It's your spirit. It's the total kind of just wholeness. And I call it these small little things that we do to, to lead us towards basically living our best life, our, our life that makes us happy, the life that keeps us from diseases, that makes us just enjoy. So I always think about like, you know, think of the, the happiest you've ever been. What, what did that feel like? That's what wellness to me is, is getting there. So it's having good relationships, working on, when I say mental part, that's what I mean, your relationships with yourself and with people around you, being able to relax. It's doing things that are, that take stress off of you. And then on top of that, it's eating the right things that fuel your body. So you have energy. I mean, so many of us are walking around just depleted. We're always tired. We just don't have the energy that we need. So wellness addresses that. It's what can you do to get more energy? Is it sleeping more? Is it eating better? Is it drinking more water? All these kind of little things make up what I think of as wellness. So when I talk like with clients and everything, it's not just about, it's never about just a, a number on the scale because the scale doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't tell us anything. If, if anything, it's just kind of a measure to see that you're heading in the right direction. But wellness is so much more than that. And you can have that number that, you know, you want in your mind, if it could be on the scale, you could still not be healthy. So, so it's uh, so much more than that. So it's really finding, I guess, your happy place, your happy place that also keeps you from diseases because ultimately as physicians we know that when you're at your let's say your optimal weight and you're taking care of your body and you're doing all these things that may actually do make you feel better but when you're doing all those things you're also preventing yourself from these diseases that could affect you and could, could completely you know harm your life and change your life so that's what wellness is to me and i think that yeah we're people overuse it but i think that it still has a lot of value and it should be something that we're all kind of going towards every day it's not it's not a, a destination it's really a journey so we're all on this journey every day some days we may fall off but as long as we're getting back on and heading in the right direction that's that's kind of our goal I I agree I like that definition of wellness so it's kind of bigger than just being healthy Mm-hmm. because it encompasses everything not just your health so that's a great definition so you talked about being an obesity specialist yes and one of the things that i've always wondered and this may be a totally false concept that i'm thinking of but i, I just wanted to get your expert opinion on this it seems to me that there are some people who are able to kind of maintain their weight throughout their life without 
doing much. It's not like they're constantly worried about their weight. Whereas I am a person who tends to go up and down and up and down. And it's always something that I have to manage. I have to manage my weight. Is there really a difference? Is there a metabolism difference between those two types of people? Or, or what, what's up with that? Yeah. So first of all, the thing that I learned doing my training in obesity is that it's so much bigger than anything we learn in like medical school or any of our training. You know, it's never just about, I want this food or overeating, or it's, it's actually not at all like a moral issue. So it's never that that person's to blame. There's actually so many other pathways and stuff that affect that cause people to either gain weight or lose weight. So you're right, metabolism definitely plays a huge role in it. Some people really just metabolize food faster and that's just the way they are. However, <laughs> most people are not that way. And there are there are things that also contribute to that too. So like, you, you know, if you look at a man, let's say you had a husband and a wife that came to see me and they're saying, oh, we both want to lose weight. I could prescribe the same thing to them and then I would see them maybe a couple months later. I can almost guarantee if they both stuck to it, the man will lose a lot more weight than the woman. And the reason is simply because of muscle mass. So men generally have more muscle mass than women. So they're breaking their, their muscles need more energy. So they're breaking down food faster and that's helping with weight loss. Whereas women can have a little bit less muscle. So there's, there's so many different factors in it, but I, I do agree that <laughs> sometimes it just seems like people don't do anything and then they they're able to maintain their weight. But I think that's actually more rare than we think we just see it a lot, but I think that the majority of people who are able to maintain their weight, they actually do work at it and they do at least think about it and make conscious uh, decisions towards keeping that weight. Because if you look at society, about 70% of the U.S. population is either overweight or obese. So society in general kind of pushes us towards gaining weight. So if you're most people, if you're losing weight or and you're keeping it off, you're, you have to be doing something different than what the majority of society is doing. And now we want things easier. So society does whatever they can to make it easier for us. We're not we're not having to walk two miles to go to the grocery store anymore. It's why would why would you walk when you have your car? You know, I used to laugh because walk to school. Yeah, we're not really walking our kids to school anymore. You know, I used to think it was really funny that people would drive five miles to go to the gym to walk a mile and then, you know, <laughs> turn around and drive home. You know, like it's we it's just not promoted anymore. So things like that, society in general kind of pushes us towards gaining weight. So to actually be losing weight, you have to be doing something different. And then, of course, you you know, age plays a role too. hormonal changes as we get older. So there's just so many other factors. That's why it's, it's you can never really compare one person to the other person. And that's why medicine in general, but especially obesity medicine really has to be tailored towards the person. You know, you have to look at why exactly are or are you gaining the weight or do you find yourself constantly having to struggle with it? Is it because you have certain cravings and then why do you have those cravings or is it you're not sleeping enough. I mean, there's just so many different factors um, that really contribute to why one person may find it a little bit harder than another person. But I think in general, most people that maintain their weight or are able to lose weight have to be working at it. Well, actually, I feel relieved. I mean, that that was a really good explanation because it it almost feels like if you are constantly working on your weight, then there's something wrong with you, you know, that you have to constantly be working on it. But I like your perspective that society in general is set up in the way that if we're just not doing anything, just kind of coasting, that we will just naturally gain weight because we sit a lot, we process food, fast food, all of those things, and that um, you do have to be conscientiously working on it. And so to just normalize that it's okay to always be kind of conscious of your weight and, and being healthy. So exactly and I, I do want to point out that it's not you know having this obsession with wanting to be a certain number or what the scale says but it's more of just being aware of your choices that you're making so knowing how many calories are in the food that you're eating or how many carbs are in it most of us just have no idea because we don't really pay attention to it or how much sugar is in your typical drink that you may have just knowing these little things are is what i mean by just kind of being aware of it and really not necessarily 
working, working at it. You know, my goal is always to help people find a way to where you like I always tell them, don't start anything that you can't keep up for the rest of your life. Like mm-hmm. find a way to make wellness fit into your life, healthy choices fit into your life. So it's not saying that you can never have whatever it is that you really like. It's just maybe you can't have it all the time, but finding a way that you can fit it in. So it's not like it's a burden, but it's just, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I I know how many, I have an idea of how many carbs I've eaten today. I, maybe I don't need that extra scoop of ice cream today. You know, yeah. it's just making it work, but being aware of it. Because if you don't think about it, these things, like you said, if you're just coasting along, you're going to be coasting towards a wider waistline <laughs> as like the majority of our country and really the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were talking about when you have, if you had a patient, a husband and a wife, and you gave them the same thing, they would probably come back with different results. So what, what types of things do you do for your patients? Like what, what's your practice like? So, well, I, right now I'm working as a, I work as an independent contractor. So I do uh, occasional kind of obesity consultations, but mainly for my wellness practice, my wellness coaching program, if someone comes to me, you know, the first thing we do is we figure out kind of what are your goals? Because not everybody wants to be a hundred pounds and, you know, or whatever that would be, you know, people have different goals. Some people are like, I just want to be able to fit into my favorite jeans. So I want to drop 10 pounds and I'm like, okay, go for it. So figuring out where you want to be first of all, and then figuring out what we can do to get you there. So we take a look at your diet overall. And one of the things I always have people do is write down what you're eating. Like you need to know how many calories, how much sugar is in what you're eating. And if if you just do it for like a week or two, just so you have an idea. I mean, people are usually very surprised. Like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was eating, you know, 5,000 calories a day or, you know, like that's, that's a little excessive, but you know, a lot more than they would have imagined. So getting that awareness of where they are right now. And then we talk about what we can do to change it. And then it's not just focusing on food and exercise. We also really take a look at all the other things that affect our weight and our our health, things like our sleep, things like stress levels, you know, cortisol, all those things. We we look at kind of the whole picture and then see what we how we can adjust it. What can we start doing? How can we make start making small changes and then keep up with them to get the overall goal that you want to get to. So that's kind of where we start. That's why I said it's it's really tailored towards the person because it doesn't work. I mean, the same thing is not going to work with everybody. You have to figure out where they want to be, what, what they're doing now and what we can, what adjustments we can make that they can stick with. Now, I love that individualized approach. Mm -hmm. So you just described the type of consultations you do with your wellness coaching business. It sounds similar to what you might do as a physician, especially an obesity specialist. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you do in your coaching business that is sort of outside of what you do as a physician that makes it great for you to have that practice? Yeah. So the thing I love about coaching is that it's so much more one-on-one time. Um, When you're as a physician, you know how it is. uh It's like... You, you have only this amount of time to work with somebody and you need to fix what's going on. And then it's see you next year or see you in, you know, in a few months and you just don't get that personalized touch, that one-on-one. So with my clients, we do just like this Zoom meetings and we're talking about how did your week go? What areas do you need, or do you need to work on? What areas do you feel like you were very strong in? And I think that's a big part of what's missing in medicine. Absolutely. You know, when we tell someone, okay, go, go exercise and change your diet see you next year it's so it's not effective at all even i worked at a preventive health clinic where our our sole role was really just helping maximize the health of our patients and it was the same thing we would tell them we got to spend 30 minutes to an hour talking about how they wanted to improve their health that part was great but it was still see you next year and by next year they were either at the exact same spot or things have gotten a little bit worse so it wasn't it just wasn't really helping address their needs so that's why i said well let me go into coaching where i can actually work one-on-one with people and soon i'll be doing like group coaching where they can have form like a community where they can also help themselves so that's that's what i would say is the major difference i think that medicine in general is so much more focused on treating the issue 
kind of after it's happened. But if we can really prevent issues, that mm-hmm. is, that would be the best thing. Like I, I don't want, I don't want anybody else to have to be diagnosed with heart disease or diabetes or anything else that can be prevented. If we can really do the effort beforehand and get people into kind of doing these lifestyle changes that can help them, then that would be the ultimate goal for me. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that people who really want to, who are prevention focused, which I am too, Mm -hmm. it's very frustrating to practice in a system that is focused on treating disease versus preventing it. And so it's really interesting to hear you say that even when you were at a preventive medicine practice, it was a similar, a similar setup. I think, you know, it's because of the business and insurance companies and things like that. So it's really wonderful that someone has the option of having you with all of your training and your obesity um, certification as a, a, a wellness coach. That is like the best of all worlds. So thank you for for doing that and, and, and being of service in that way. Of course. Now. So you told me so I'm still curious. I'm even more curious about your business. What else do you do? So how is your business set up? How how do you how do your clients interact with you? I sort of mentioned doctors, we take insurance. Do you partner with any organizations or so how, how does your business work? Yeah, so it's I don't I'm right now I'm not partnering with any organizations. I just have a coaching program that 12 weeks and I'm actually going to be launching again soon, but what we do is first of all I have a discovery call you're able to go on my website and you just fill out the information, put yourself on my schedule. We talk about kind of where you are and what your goals are and see if personal coaching is something that would be of help to you. So if it is, then I, you know, I give you the options. And so we have the 12 week program and during that we meet every other week. So every other week they're meeting just like this on zoom and we're going through, I kind of give them a list after we figured out their goals and where they want to be. And we start making kind of doing the little adjustments every week we go through and we just talk about, so where are you this week? Where are you mentally? And what are you doing for stress relief? Cause I, I encourage, or one of the components is journaling and you'd be surprised how, <laughs> what journaling would really causes people to learn about themselves. It's just so much self revelation. So we'll talk about kind of where, what are you getting from that? And then how are you hitting your goals? We'll set goals every single week and we'll kind of go through them. And then on the off weeks, either they're doing like a training, my training videos, or just kind of working on what we talked about that prior week. And then we'll meet again. And then we go through everything again. Where are you? What adjustments do we have to make? Do we need to tighten anything else up? Loosen it? And then we also look at the scale and we're not just looking at just your weight. We're looking at your body fat percentage. We're talking about how you're clothes are fitting we're looking at some non-scale you know wins too and because i love hearing about those and we're just looking at the overall picture of kind of where you are to see where we need to um, make some changes and I, i just find that when you're not doing it by yourself when you have someone to bounce ideas off of and to talk talk it through and really you know like i'm working with a client now and she was just telling me how she made this revelation about how she had been she said that whenever she did something good, she felt like she needed to go and reward herself with a treat or something. And then it just dawned on her as she was kind of writing about this in her journal. She's like, that's what we do to kids. And that's that's why I'm so drawn to it. This is what my my parent or whoever it was did for me. They always rewarded me with a treat. So now I feel like I have, whenever I do something, I have to reward myself. So being able to realize that and then know it's coming, like, oh, I just did something good. Now I know I'm going to want some whatever it is. And then talk about, well, what do you do if you know it's coming? How can we break that connection that you used to have that I got to get something? So we kind of work through those those um, things that people are going through. And we just, you know, really just figure it out together. And I find that most people just having that person to talk to really, really helps them along the way. Just knowing someone is cheering for you, encouraging you, helping you, pointing things out that you may not have realized, it really does make all the difference. And the big thing that we're really working on is making a lifestyle change. So like I said before, don't start anything that we can't keep up with. We're making it fit into your life, not trying to force your life to fit into somebody else's idea of the perfect I don't know, lifestyle or health practice. So making it fit for you. And yeah, so that's, that's pretty much what we do. That sounds amazing. I know that 
having the structure, having the accountability, having your expertise is really helpful in in terms of reaching their goals. So thank you for that. I also wanted to thank you for telling me about Myron Golden. I had I had not heard of him before. And when you shared that that was somebody that you you were talking about your training videos, but that was somebody that you looked to for training. I started to research him and he is like next level. So (laughs) now I want to know, well, who are the other people who you have been inspired by and who you go to and aspire to some of their principles? Yeah, so definitely Myron. Uh, he's I'm actually doing one of his courses now, and it has just been mind blowing. Every time he speaks, I'm like, oh my goodness! Like I could be doing so much more. I need to I need to really do this. So he's a good one, and then. I, I really like Tony Robbins. I, I listen to a lot of his his just the way he thinks about things, and I just I what I learned from him is really that you're in you're in so much more control than you think. Like you can really create the the lifestyle, the path, the, whatever it is that you want, you can actually create it, and nothing is stopping you except really yourself. Mm-hmm. And then some a little bit more controversial. I also like Gary Vee just because he's really big about like just go do it. Like what are you waiting for? Just just go and do it. Um, and then um, I, I like a lot of um, on YouTube. I do like some of these old school pastors that really talk about purpose and because that's that's my big thing like i i'm a christian and i just i know that i've been put on this earth for a purpose and my i think my one of my biggest fears is like not doing that so (laughs) every day my prayer is just like god how can i serve the people you've called me to serve in a way that pleases you and that's exactly what myron was saying just last week he's like if you prayed that prayer every day you know god would completely blow your mind and he would do something incredible in your life if you really meant it and that's kind of where I am and that's that's how it really all started I just felt like I love I really enjoyed medicine but I didn't like exactly what I was doing as far as like just being on the mainly on the treatment side so I've spent I guess the last couple years looking into how I can take my passion for preventive health and really serve people and even if that meant going out of my shell because I'm actually really an introvert. I don't actually like being in front of people and like talking, but it's kind of forced me out of my shell because I know that people need to hear this message. I mean, when I think about like how, is it something like 50% of black women by the age of 25 have some kind of heart disease? Like that kind of stuff just Uh like, yeah, I mean, it's most likely hypertension, but still some kind of, that that kind of stuff just like really saddens me. Yeah. like, a lot of people just don't know. And even if they do know, they don't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I listen to people that really kind of inspire me to go after my passion and to make those do whatever, do what I can to put myself out there to help people. Those are kind of some of my favorite. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And I can tell that it goes into the mental piece that you were talking about, that knowing that you are worth it and then feeding your mind with positivity and feeding your mind with people telling you it is possible instead of, even if you're just, not surrounding yourself with negative people, but just surrounding yourself with everyday people. Yeah. Most people are kind of going through the motions and they're on autopilot. So you kind of need to feed your mind with those messages to tell you, you can go beyond that. Exactly. Yeah. So you're definitely practicing what you preach. (laughs) (laughs) So when we talk about um, mindset, one of the things I always ask on this show are what are some of your limiting beliefs? And I know we both have declared that this is our year. Yes. Yes, absolutely. To kind of take our purpose to the next level. And I also feel like you, I feel like God placed me on this earth for a purpose and then that's my why. And I don't want to miss it. You know, I want to be able to get to the end and hear um, God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So what are some of the limiting beliefs that you had to overcome or are still overcoming in order to kind of move forward in that? That's such a good question. So one of my, I think one of my biggest limiting beliefs is that I 
can't or shouldn't have any more than what I have. You know, I, I already feel very blessed to be a physician, to have a job, a great job, great pay, you know, I, you know, the, the life that a lot of people wish they could have. So I feel I have this limiting belief that you should just be happy for that. And I'm very grateful, but there, like this thought that you, could ju- you should just be happy for that and not want anything more. Like, why do you need more? And why should you do more? Why not just go to, go to work every day, see your patients, come home, get up and do it again. So that's something that I really have had to overcome over the years. And I'm, I'm probably still working at that because I, it really is just a struggle. I mean, I, I'm so grateful, but I know that God has called me to more. So it's not even about like, oh, the money, I want this money. But I just know that I can reach so many more people. I can serve so many more people if I step outside and do more than going to work and coming home. And not to say that that's anything is wrong with that, because I know a lot of people, that's what they want. And maybe that's what they were called to do. But me specifically, I know that God has called me to a little bit more than that. So getting out of my way for that, I think has been a big thing. And then another one is really just being able to, I guess, being okay with the idea that people want to hear from me, you know, as a, as a physician, we feel like, um, or I felt like, I feel like, yes, people kind of respect the, the degree and all that, but then they don't want to pay for it. You know, they don't, they don't want to pay to hear any more than that. They're what they can find, you know, on the internet or wherever. So when I was saying that I wanted to build my own coaching program, I had this feeling of like, why would someone want to work with me when they could just look on YouTube or they could just talk to someone else or why would anyone care about their health enough mm-hmm. and to make that investment? And, you know, that's something that also I had to really work on because people do actually really care about their health. And sometimes they just need the right person to actually direct them in a way. And the more that I get into it, the more I realize that, like, your health, our health really, it, it affects every part of our lives. So when we take care of our health, when we are on our, are on our tip top shape and, you know, really actually happy and healthy, uh, happy with our bodies where we are. We do so much better in our jobs and our relationships and just really every aspect of our lives. So helping people realize that and realizing it even in myself um, was one of the ways that I was kind of able to get over that. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, like, because people see me and they're like, oh, she's a doctor. She, you know, she must you know, think a certain way about herself, but I really, I struggle also with imposter syndrome. Like why, why should anybody look at me? I'm just, I'm just little old me, you know? (laughs) So I, I actually have a lot of limiting beliefs that I've just been really working through over the years. And I think the the best way to really get over them is putting yourself out there, like just Mm -hmm. jumping in, even when you don't feel ready, just start anyway, start somewhere, share your message and see who it resonates with. Because people that feel you that you know that get you that understand where you are they'll be drawn to you mm-hmm. so that's kind of where i am right now and yeah this is our year we are doing this yes. and it's, it's taking it's going to take more <laughs> you know I, I put up a um a quote on my instagram or not long ago and it was something like if you keep doing what you're doing you're going to keep getting what you're getting so you have to do something different if you want different results and that's in any area of your life so i saw that quote i liked it yeah. because and like i like most of the stuff you put on instagram um, it's very inspiring and you're so right i think that a lot of us have that limiting belief and i think a lot of us as black women feel that imposter syndrome because it's not just sort of the thoughts that everyone has everyone has that inner critic but it's also the expectations and the demands that society puts on us yeah i'm, I'm sure there will be people looking at us saying why do you need more i mean you have more than you we think that you deserve anyway so i think sometimes we can sense that as well and one of the things that was really helpful for me was when i was trying to overcome some of my limiting beliefs was my coach told me she said just spend some time meditating and imagine all of the souls that are out there that you are meant to serve and help only you And just imagine those souls, start to envision them and see them. And so I try to practice that whenever I feel like, okay, well, there are a lot of people out here doing this, you know, why me? But I know that, you know, whoever I'm supposed to serve is is out there and I don't want to leave them without bringing to them what I'm supposed to bring to them. 
That is so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I'm going to definitely do that myself. And you're right. There are people that can will only hear and receive this message from you mm-hmm. and from me. So I like to, yeah, that's what actually motivates me. Like to sometimes, you know, I don't feel like doing a video or posting or whatever it is, but knowing that somebody needs to hear that. Somebody's waiting for me mm-hmm. to encourage them to do what's going to ultimately help their life. So that's what really kind of pushes me along. And it's so good to hear you just be so honest and transparent because some people might look at your Instagram and see all those comments and all those likes and feel like, well, she's got it all. You know, she she has a fully engaged audience. She doesn't have any limiting beliefs. And, and that's what I like about this show is that we all get to show up in our fierceness and our glory, but also in our vulnerability. And I think that that helps other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not it's it's not all glitter and roses and all of that. (laughs) Most days, listen, most days we're just trying to get to trying to survive, trying to get by, just trying to make it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, I know I asked you about your top three wellness hacks Mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask about a wellness hack that you feel like is obscure something that people don't really think about that if you could shout it from a a, um, a megaphone and tell people that you would be happy to get that information out so what would that wellness hack be oh man i think that one's pretty easy for me it would be just movement you know, when people think about movement, they're all they're very focused on exercise. And it's if I can't make it to the gym to do this two hour workout, then oh, well, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about literally getting up from your chair every hour and moving around. You know, it's I thought it was just mind blowing that there are studies showing that if you sit for six to eight hours a day, you have an increased risk of heart disease, of diabetes, of all this stuff just from sitting. And they found that the crazy thing is it's an independent risk factor. That means that you could go to the gym and do your two hours. You could eat the most perfect diet ever. You can do everything else right. But if you are sitting for eight hours a day, you are still putting your health in danger. I just thought that was like, what? So yes, that's my message to shout to the world, like get up, especially in this day and age where most people are, or a lot of people are still working from home. You got to get up. You have to get up every hour and move around. Don't let yourself sit for more than a couple hours, really more than an hour without moving around, walking up, walking up and down, doing whatever. Just get up off, off of your bottom and move around a little bit. And that can, you know, literally save you from these diseases and chronic illnesses. So that's my little hack. Please get up. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. make it a habit. Set an alarm if you need to. I used to laugh at my little, um, my, my had an uh, Apple watch and used to say like my sitting goal. And I'm like, what is the, you know, why is that so important? Or standing goal, not sitting goal. Right. But when I saw the studies, I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> it is important. Yeah. They're onto something there. Yeah. They're onto something. Wow. Now I was looking at your business mission and I, I love it. But one of the things that you said is that when women take control of their health, it optimizes their relationships. And most of us care deeply about our relationships, especially as women. We tend to put a lot into our relationships. So tell me more about how that works, about the relationship piece. Yes. So first of all, just optimum or really taking care of your health, taking control of it. It just, it affects every single aspect of your life. So relationships specifically, first of all, you have more energy. So many of us are just really running on empty most of the day. You know, we go to work, we do our best there and we come home, we're just exhausted and we don't have the energy that we need to really not just maintain, but like increase and make our relationships better with our either our our partners our spouses our children so we don't have that energy so when you learn how to take care of your health and you're getting more sleep you're eating the foods that actually give you more energy and kind of really fuel your body that's one way that it really helps 
improve those relationships because you'll have you have more energy to engage in in them. And then on top of that, when you take care of your your mental health, and by that I mean your just your wellness of your mind. So not being so stressed out all the time, which mm-hmm. can make you or at least me make me a little snappy to my husband and my kids. That that also will help those relationships. And it just it gives you you become a better I guess all around person. So you're more likely to just be more enjoyable in your relationship as well, as well as have more to put into them. So I think really taking care of taking control of your health would just, or I've, I've seen people (laughs) and people tell me that it really increases and it helps their relationships. And I would say that when I started exercising every day, I just started feeling even more confident in my body, which Mm -hmm. also helped with my relationship with my husband. So just so many different benefits to really help. so many different ways that it really helps with uh, your relationships. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that out because sometimes hopefully we get the mental peace where we'll do it for us, but sometimes we will do it for somebody else first and then circle back around to when we're doing it for us. So that relationship piece might be, might be the motivator to get somebody in, involved. Now the name of your business, how do you pronounce it? It's fight and wellness. Okay. So FIDEM Wellness, you say, provides very innovative ways to inspire people to live their best health. Now, I've seen your Instagram videos and they are very innovative, but I'm curious about some of the other innovative ways you use to inspire people to their best health. Yeah. So, well, first of all, FIDEM Wellness, I just want to point out, FIDEM is the Latin word for faith. So it's a wellness company based on faith principles. So, but as far as innovation, yeah, social media is our big thing now because so many people are just on social media. So do videos, I've been doing reels. I'm like, whatever it's going to take to get people. And pre-COVID, I was doing a lot of going to women empowerment um, seminars and really just speaking there and different conference women conferences and i also with my book you know i used to i used to always still speak in churches to really talk about wellness from the, the biblical aspect of it which i feel like we don't talk a lot about i'm like you know your pastor preaches about how to tithe and how to you know really serve god but we don't talk about how we can taking care of our bodies is a way to worship God because this is the one body he's given us. So going through talking about my faith and how uh, Christianity affects my wanting to take care of my health and helping other people is another way that we kind of use innovation. So really we just, I just want to reach the people that like we talked about before God has called me to reach. So if that means going to a concert, that's, you know, maybe not my typical thing and being able to speak there, then I'm with it. I'm like ready to do whatever. So just reaching people because people need to hear it in different ways and for it to really make sense. Get hearing it, hearing your doctor talk about you need to lose weight. It's not going to click with most people, but hearing it on social media and then going and seeing maybe a blog post about it or hearing it again, I don't know, on the radio, I've you know done a few talks there too. These different places is what really will get people to start thinking about, okay, maybe I should kind of pay attention to this and maybe do something about it. So that's what we mean by innovative, like just being ready to serve however we can. And that is very true. A lot of people get their information from social media and mm-hmm. And I just learned a new name this week with last name, Derek Jackson, Derek Jackson. Oh, yeah. And so I had never heard of him before. But the fact that he had amassed this huge following, right, of people who were listening to his relationship advice based on just going on social media. Yeah. I'm, there are no doctors that I know that have that type of a pulpit and that type of a reach. So you have to be innovative and you have to go where people are listening to advice and give them the correct advice and the right, the right advice. Yeah. That's the key. So a lot of the things on social media are kind of gimmicky and fad diets and things that don't really help. So I'd rather them hear from a physician who can actually break it down and tell you why you should be doing something a certain way versus, oh, you know, I kind of felt like doing this, uh, I don't know, green leaf (laughs) uh, diet. So I'm not eating anything else but X, Y, Z, you know, like stuff that doesn't make any sense and it's probably more harmful to your body than helpful. So they should be hearing it from us. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So you mentioned your book. Please tell us the title of your book and a little synopsis about that. Sure. So my book is called Worship and Wellness. And kind of like I was saying before, it really just talks about how we as Christian women can honor God and really worship him by taking care of our bodies. You know, the Bible talks about, well, in John, he talks about, you know, I, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So God wants your soul to do well. He wants you to go to heaven, but he doesn't want you to neglect taking care of the, the one body, the gift that he's giving you here on earth. So taking care of our bodies is just another way to say, hey, God, I'm very grateful for what you've given me and I, I want to honor you with my body. So we talk about how the Bible, the body is your temple and how you just really have to take care of it. And yeah, so I, I wrote that book because I just really felt God pushing me in that way. Like just, he was, I just felt like him saying, you know, show my people that they need to know how to take care of my, the bodies I've given them. And that it's not that worshiping him is not just about giving our tithes and giving our time to church, but it's also about taking care of our body and just honoring him in that way. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, do you have an, another book that you're thinking of? Because I could hear a great one for <laughs> teens also in terms of worshiping with their bodies and uh, things that they want to keep out of their bodies. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to give you more work, but <laughs> that's, that's a really good idea. I, I, yeah, I can definitely tailor it to teens because yeah, just learning how to honor your body. I think is something really anybody, everybody should kind of know and to learn, but I actually think my next book I'm going to be talking, I want to speak specifically to career women, women who are working entrepreneurs who are giving so much to their job and neglecting themselves and yeah, kind of like what we're talking about today, how you have to make yourself a priority, because I just I find that to be so common. And ultimately, like the job doesn't care that much about you. You know, right. if something happens to you, they're going to hire the next person and keep moving. But, you know, you would have given your life for something that doesn't really care about you. So we have to not lose ourselves in that process. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I will be looking out for that. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I know that you're busy. Thank you for taking the time. Please let us know where we can get your book, how we can follow you on social media, and also how we could sign up if we wanted a consultation with you as a wellness coach. Sure. So I just want to say thank you for having me on here. It has just been really a joy to reconnect with you. And I always still talk about you. So I'm just, I, I just, yeah, I love that we were able to reconnect and I really enjoyed being here today. So you all can find me on all social media at Dr. Aluchi MD. That's at D-R-O-L-U-C-H-I-M-D. That's Instagram and Twitter, although I'm not on Twitter all the time, but mainly Instagram. And then I have a Facebook page, Dr. Lucci MD as well. And to find out about my book, you can, it's actually on Amazon. It's called Worship and One is the Discovery. You can find it on Amazon. And if you go to my website, which is www.drlucimd.com, you can find out about consultations. I do a free discovery call. So I'd love to talk with you and find out if maybe one of my programs would be um, something that would be beneficial for you. And just, if you have any questions or anything, you can feel free to reach out to me there. Thanks for conquering those limiting beliefs on another episode of the SOAR podcast. If you want to reach out to my guests, just check out the show notes and all of the contact information is there. If you want more information about Stephanie Brown coaching, go to www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And I'm sure you're already following the SOAR podcast Instagram page. But if not, just go to IG and type in Sisters Overcoming and Rising, all one word. Goodbye for now. Thank you.